of Idgets, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the television show Supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. All right, well, we'll tell the audience. This is take (laughs) two. And I also will tell the audience that the last episode, I was going on bragging about how awesome we were getting at this whole podcasting thing. Um, we got to the end of recording and we realized my microphone was never turned on through the whole thing. That was kind of silly on his part. (laughs) It's, it's not like this is hard to do, (laughs) but I'm not used to speaking for like 45 minutes at a time. I mean, it's a little exhausting. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how teachers do it. They sit there and talk all day. It's gotta be exhausting. I don't know how they do it either. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Now I'm all pooped out. But we got to give it our all for our audience. So the other thing we, I mentioned at the uh, top of the previous recording was probably I want to go back and record another episode zero and explain what the show's about and just let people know. Struggle through the first cr- couple crummy episodes and wait until episode 39 where we finally pulled it together. And then we had to record all that again. (laughs) Jesus. That was almost really, really funny because of the fact that, yeah, we were so proud of ourselves because (laughs) we were both trying to work on art diction and enunciation and things like that. We thought we did pretty well, but nope, someone had their microphone turned off the whole time. Unbelievable. So it's a beautiful summer day, though, Uh, our fall day. Yes, it's October 7th, 2020 when we're recording this. We're in Wisconsin. It's a time of year where the leaves turn. Uh, with the leaves, most of the leaves in our yard are still green. We've got one tree that's yellow, one tree across the street that's the nice red, reddish orange. Yeah, we live in that perfect spot of the country where October really means something because we see like the beginning of October, the leaves start to change. And boy, by Halloween, all the trees are bare, it's wet, it's damp, it's spooky as heck. It's, it really is a perfect uh, Halloween state, I think. I think it is, too. Unfortunately, you're right. Usually when Halloween comes around, it's cold, it's rainy, it's miserable. I almost, not quite, but almost feel sorry for the children. There, more times than not as a kid, Halloween was rainy and cold. There was never a beautiful night to go out trick-or-treating like they show in the movies. (laughs) I watched that Hocus Pocus the other night, and man, I'd love to have a nice night like those kids had. Well, even look at E.T. Although E.T. was supposed to be the West Coast, they had a really beautiful night for going out trick-or-treating. Yeah, wasn't that Los Angeles, though? I think so. I I know it was somewhere along the the West Coast. The Bay Area or something? Something like that. Yeah. All these trick they they need to... They need to show the real kids of trick-or-treating. Where they just show them trudging, getting wet, their crappy plastic suit getting stuck to their face and suffocating. <laughs> you know, all the fun memories. I don't think that happens anymore because of the fact that costumes have changed so much through the years. And they really try to make sure that they don't have anything obscuring the children's vision and getting stuck on their faces. Yeah, it's too bad. Kids nowadays, they should have those crappy ones with the rubber band that always broke and... All it was was just a face mask and then like a plastic, you know, instead of the lobster bib, it was just like a bib that had Superman's logo on it. (laughs) You were Superman. (laughs) They were the worst. But man, that's what we had as kids. You You never went trick-or-treating, though, did you? No, I did not. 
Man, you missed out on that whole... You lived in the country, though, anyways, didn't you? Around trick-or-treating age? We always lived in the country. We never lived in town. Yeah, so I don't know what country kids do for trick-or-treating. Probably just go to the store and buy the bag yourself, huh? That seems to... Well, that makes more sense to me anyway, because that way you can buy what you want. (laughs) Buy what you like. Instead of getting some of that crappy old lady candy. Oh, but you do, you learn how to barter as a kid. You get the, you know, trade five crappy old lady candies for one mounds. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our episode, though. Uh, it's season two, episode 17, called Heart. And we start off in San Francisco. We see some people at a bar having a good time. Uh, some dude comes up to a girl called Maddie and starts hitting on her. Uh, trying to make moves like, hey, baby, let's go back to the office. So it seems like they have a working relationship. She blows them off and lets them know, hey, I called a cab for you. Uh, you need to split, daddy-o. You need to skedaddle. Maddie uh, looks around the bar and sees this greasy-looking dude. And this guy looks exactly like Bucky from the Marvel Universe. Uh, the the same long hair, I mean, from the Marvel movies especially. I don't know what he looks like in the comic books. But from the movies, that long, black, greasy hair, the leather jacket, the sullen look. I mean, it's Bucky. And he's staring at her a couple of tables over. Seems to unnerve her. She gets up and leaves. While walking outside to her car alone, she hears some noises around. She hops in and drives off. And as she drives away, we see this creepy guy kind of hanging back and watching her leave. The next day at the office, she's filling the coffee pot, and she spots some blood on the outside of a door to an office, peeks into the office, and it's the creepy dude from the night before laying on his desk. Uh, I wouldn't say disemboweled, but definitely tore up pretty badly and dead. Yes, and this was the creepy dude that was hitting on her, not the creepy dude with the greasy long hair. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously it seems like her boss or something like that. Yes, I believe it was later revealed that she was his assistant. I think he was an attorney or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. Well, at that point, though, it's the opening of the show, the Stinger graphic. Come back and we see Sam and Dean. They're at the morgue and pulling out the body. Lots of long jagged cuts that are now all stitched up so the autopsy's been done by the medical examiner sam asks what do you think did it and the medical examiner says if i didn't know any better it's a wolf attack now how many wolf attacks does this medical examiner come across you really never know i mean she could have maybe in her training they teach them how to differentiate between different animal attacks and what it could possibly look like or I have no idea what goes into training to be a medical examiner. All right, but you said before, though, she said it was a dog attack? She said, yes. Unless, what she said, unless the local zoo's wolf got out, she's just going to go with Pitbull because she didn't want to lose her job and say it was a wolf attack. Sam then asks if the heart's missing. And she has a look on her face. Well, how did you know? And by yes, you are right. And Sam said it was just a lucky guess. Yeah. Look, Sam's lucky intuition on that one. Boys go back to the hotel room, and they assume it's a werewolf. Person by day, monster at night. Mm-hmm. Sam and Dean then go and talk to Maddie, since she's the one that discovered the body. 
while they're going to talk to maddie though uh the neighbor guy he like across the hall from her apartment pops his head out the door and starts annoying him like hey guys what's up what's happening you know, I but I remember this scene. I didn't mention anything the last time we recorded this, but actually he was in her apartment. It was the second time they had her door. They were at her door that he pops his head out of his apartment. Oh, oh, he was there already. Okay. He was at her apartment. All right. I thought, I don't know why, but I thought he was in the hallway. Um, we learned that Maddie, her real name's Madison, uh, worked for Nate, who's the dead guy, for two years. And he's basically a creeper who hits on a lot of people. Dean, at this point, grins from ear to ear. <laughs> yes, he does. And Sam gets an annoying look on his face because she says, when you get a few drinks in him, he hits on anything within a five-mile radius. Yeah, Sam thought it was pretty cool. And, I mean, Dean thought it was pretty cool. And Sam's like, I know exactly what you're talking about in reference to Dean. Also, while talking to her, she reveals that she saw Kurt Mueller at the bar uh, that they, uh, before that, that night, and that he's her ex-boyfriend and that he has been stalking her. Uh, showed up at her job one time, actually, and beat up that Nate guy, and she nearly lost her job over it. Um, so Sam and Dean, uh, they go and visit Bucky, <laughs> this Kurt guy. Yeah, they decide, well, we're going to go pay Kurt, pay Kurt a visit. And they leave. And then as Madison looks out her window, she sees him. But then she takes a step back and looks back out, and he's not there. So at this point, I'm wondering, was he really there? Did she imagine it? Or when she stepped back, was he just that quick that he was no longer in sight? Yeah, I was kind of thinking she might be a psycho or something, <laughs> just seeing things. Well, it's nighttime again, and we see Sam and Dean break into Kurt's apartment. Uh, they're looking around for clues or evidence. Dean looks in the fridge, finds nothing. Sam suggests he looks in the freezer behind the haagen for all the hearts. Uh, but at this point, though, we can tell from the camera angle that there's something outside watching them. Something outside watching them inside through the curtains. Dean hears a noise, checks outside. Calls over to uh, Sam. Hey, come here. Take a look at this. There's some long scratches on the wall. Yeah, it looks like they're up like on a second story. And these scratches, it looked like they were in concrete. And they went pretty much all the way up to the second floor. So whoever or whatever made those scratches was pretty strong to be able to get that high up. Yeah, next we uh, see a cop walking down an alley with a flashlight and he hears a noise and is investigating kind of hears and seems like he's just chasing down a dog and kind of cornered a dog. But all of a sudden we, it's a big, some the creature jumps or like, like the view of the creature, uh, like jumps after him, tears him up and it leaves him just like the first victim commercial. Well, the police officer was able to get a shot off. And, yes, goes to commercial. Um, Sam and Dean go outside because they heard the shot. They find the police officer kind of behind a dumpster. They notice his heart's missing also. And Sam said he's going to call 911. And they're going to kind of continue their investigation from there. Yeah, well, Sam says that they should go and check on Madison to make sure she's okay. 
So while going up there, then, the nosy neighbor pops out. Hey, guys, what's going on? They're just like, police work. <laughs> uh, once inside, then, Madison says that she saw Kurt outside earlier that day. And so they figure they got to split up. Someone's got to stay here with Madison. Someone's got to go find Kurt. So Sam and Dean play rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to stay behind. Tell me more about this rock, paper, scissors <laughs> game. Well, it's really funny, and I always chuckle at it, because Dean has a habit of always going for scissors. So they play it. He goes for scissors. Sam goes for rock. Naturally, I all know that rock smashes scissors. And so Dean says, wait, 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 two out of three. They do it again. Dean chooses scissors. Sam chooses rock. And that's kind of a running joke throughout the series that whenever they play rock, paper, scissors, nine times out of ten, Sam wins because Dean usually goes for the scissors for some reason. All right. So it was nighttime then when they went to check on Madison and then they split up. Uh, now it's daytime and we see Sam sitting at a small kitchen table. This is more of that very quick supernatural day to night, night to day. It does go, but time goes by fast when you're hunting werewolves, I guess. I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. That's what they say. You know, we've been keeping the body count count. We should have the day count. How many, <laughs> how many, how many days does this episode happen in? I bet you we'll be shocked. You're right. We should be paying attention to that because right. it does go from day to night awfully fast. <laughs> when do they ever sleep? They never sleep. So... She offers, Madison offers Sam, like, you know, you can go sit on the couch. It's a lot more comfortable. He's trying to be polite and uh, a bit standoffishness. And he's like, no, I'm fine. She pulls out a big basket of her newly dried whites, pours them out on the uh, table in front of him, and starts folding her underwear. I wouldn't call them whites. I call them her delicates because it looked like, it, yes, it was a basket full of lacy underwear. And she dumps them right in front of him. And she starts folding them in a very, what I would call, seductive manner. Yeah, you thought she was being flirtur flirtatious at this point. I did. She wa I, yeah, she was being flirtatious. She did have a bedroom she could have gone and folded her clothes in. Right. She did not have to do that right in front of Sam. No, that is odd. Okay, yeah. She's hitting on him. <laughs> <laughs> um so sam and dean then uh they're on the phone and dean picks on sam a bit and asks like let me guess you're on the couch and you don't know what to say and of course that is exactly what sam's up to right now right because of the underwear scene sam's like you know i think you're right i think i'd be more comfortable on the couch so he got out of dodge Dean says that Kurt, uh, he hasn't been to work all week, but he's got a lead. And we don't know what this lead is. No, we don't. We have no clue what, what this lead is. S Sam's on the couch watching TV with Madison, and Madison's kind of bossy with her TV. She says, my house, my couch, my TV, my shows. <laughs> so you got to watch my, you know, girly stuff is the implication. It kind of cuts, you know, the camera drops below the the coffee table or something and comes back up, so some time has passed. And we see Sam just smiling ear to ear, just geeked out over the uh, storyline and some crazy soap opera that they were watching. Mm -hmm. 
Sam oh, asks, <coughs> do, do you want to uh, yes and that? or? No, I was going to say, I don't remember if this was when it happened, but I think you're just going to say that this is when Sam was asking her about her relationship with Kurt and what, why she was with him in the first place because she seemed so put together and he seemed so creepy. Why, yes, that was the next thing in my notes. It's like we're psychic. Sam asked Madison what she was doing with Kurt all along. Says he didn't start out creepy. He turned creepy. She was too insecure to leave him. But then she got mugged, and it was the best thing that ever happened to her. Ever since then, she took control of her life, kicked Kurt to the curb, and life has been doing great. She's really blossomed. And this is a, a weird part. This is a weird characteristic by Sam, then. He, he leans over and is like, you're unusual. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, no, as a impressive. Like, well... And I feel like this is a crazy microaggression by Sam towards her. But the reason he said she was unusual, and I'm sorry, I got a frog in my throat all of a sudden, is because he said that not many people would consider a mugging to be a positive thing. And she did put a positive spin on it, saying, that's when I, you're right, that's when I kicked Kurt, Kurt to the curb, got control of my life, and things have been going great ever since. All right, yeah, I guess since she does have this, like, huge factor of she was mugged and that's what turned her life around. I guess it's not a microaggression towards women and just it was a specific comment on her. Uh, well, next we see that Dean did find Kurt. They're in a strip club, <laughs> like, sitting across from each other on the railing. Uh, Dean's got dollars in his hand. Kurt just has a salty look on his face. He, he, that's like the guy having the least amount of fun in a strip club ever. He looked like someone peed in his cocktail or something. He yeah. did have a very sour look on his face. He's always got that sour puss look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you're at a bar. You could have had some drinks and danced or something. You're now at a strip club. You can't have some ones and some titties in your face. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's a downer. At least Dean knows what a strip club is for. He's got the dollar bills ready. And a smile. And a big <laughs> smile. Back at the house, uh, Madison says she's going to bed. And we see Sam just like, all right, well, I'll stay here. Keep an eye out. Night-night. <laughs> and we see Sam watching TV. Back downtown now, Dean has left the strip club, and he's standing out in an alley keeping an eye on Kurt's apartment and loading his gun. While he looks down to put the bullets in, the window breaks, so Dean takes off, runs up into uh, the apartments, and gets inside the apartment. Uh, Kurt's dead, uh, slashed up, and we see the werewolf. And what do you know? It's Madison. She is the werewolf after all. And she decides, well, of course, she's out of her mind. She doesn't realize what's going on, but uh, smacks Dean up against the wall, kind of knocks him out, jumps out of the apartment. Yep. Next, um, next morning, back at Madison's, Dean calls Sam to report that the werewolf is Madison. And Sam's like, what are you talking about? I've been here all night. And he wanders into the bedroom to just like verify she's still there and sure enough she is but when she wake up wakes up she's like where'd my pajamas go 
It looks like she was a little bit naked. And so you can see the look on Sam's face of, oh, son of a bee. Yeah, because Dean also mentioned that he was able, before he got knocked out, he was able to uh, cut her with a (coughs) silver knife. (coughs) And sure enough, when Sam looked at Madison's arm, she had the same cut on her arm. So, yeah, that's when Sam's like, ah, crap, it is her. We go to commercial. When we come back from commercial, we see Madison is handcuffed to a chair, sitting in the middle of the room. Sam is watching over her, and Madison at this point thinks Sam's a psychopath. (laughs) He's like, you're a very sick man. I'm not a werewolf. I don't know what you're talking about, you psycho. Well, not only did she say she's not a werewolf, she said, werewolves don't even exist. They're imaginary. They're fake. What are you talking about? You need help. Yep. And Dean comes over. Sam talks to her, and like pulls Sam pulls Dean aside and is like, hey, she doesn't remember changing like she are we sure this is really it uh sam doesn't want to shoot someone if they don't even remember being a monster because sam is half monster and he kind of brings that up in this conversation yes and when dan's referring to sam being a half monster he's got kind of psychic abilities that some hunters think should be attributed to a monster and especially one Gordon tried to kill Sam in an episode because he thought he was a monster that needed to be hunted so yeah Sam's like we gotta see if there's some way to cure her because she doesn't know it's that she's doing this and if we can help her and not have to kill her then that's that's even better yeah so this is like a pretty deep root into the core storyline even though this episode has nothing to do with the storyline this is a huge callback so if you hadn't wanted to show up to this point, you're probably wondering what the hell's up. But, oh, well, it's just one conversation. You'll probably get it otherwise. <laughs> so they need to find a way to cure uh, good old Madison here. They look through Dad's journal, and the only thing that they have is a possible solution is if you kill the original biter that turned you into a werewolf, then you might break the bloodline and be healed. I didn't know that that's how werewolves turned into werewolves either, by biting. Did you know that? Yes, I did. All right. I knew that was for vampires. I didn't know how werewolves did it. I didn't, Maybe got peed on or something. No, and a matter of fact, I think a werewolf bite is worse than a vampire bite because vampires, not only do you have to be bitten, but then you also have to drink the vampire blood. Whereas with a werewolf, all it takes is a werewolf bite and you're pretty much screwed. All right, so it's like rabies. Pretty much, yes. Well, they uh, they uh, step out of the kitchen or wherever they were at, and Sam asks Madison, how long ago were you mugged? And she says, about a month ago. And he's like, were you bitten? And she's like, yeah. And shows the back of her neck. She's got a nice little love bite, I think, is what Dean called it. Yes, that she was very lucky that that's all she got. She could have been killed. But, okay, so that happened a month ago. She was bitten, so now they realize, ah, you know, this is what turned you. You're a werewolf. Where were you? When did this happen? When did this mugging occur? And she says she's walking home from a friend's house near Hunter's Point. And supposedly that's a werewolf hunting ground, according to Sam and Dean. Any information on Hunter's Point? Is this a reoccurring location? 
Uh, no, it's not. Uh, but Hunter's Point, the reason they think it's the werewolf feeding ground is because in the past there had been uh, prostitutes in about that area who turned up dead with missing hearts. But it wasn't a big story because, you know, they're prostitutes. It's like the police didn't really want to get investigating it too much. So that's where Sam and Dean think would probably be the best place to look for this werewolf that turned Madison. Now, wait, is Hunter's Point what the rest of San Francisco knows that area as? Or just like hunters know it as? I would have to look that up. Is it know. a nickname? But she said it was near Hunter's Point, right? Like she knew the term. Isn't that a peculiar that they just happen to name this place Hunter's Point and it's where a werewolf hunting ground is when the people that would have named it don't know anything about werewolves? That's true. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look that up. But oh, The coincidence of it all. Maybe it was like uh, back in the day, like, I don't know, deer hunting grounds. And that's how it got its name <laughs> in old timey days. Could be. You never know. Yeah, but that's weird. That's like, that's like Muggle World and the real world coming in contact there if they really named it that. They didn't know about it. That doesn't make sense. All right. Well, we get back. Sam really wants to save her. So they're going to see what they can do. Madison asks to be let go at this point, but unfortunately Sam pulls up a chair and has to explain like, hey man, we're here to help you. We, I got to keep you locked up for a while. Uh, when we're done here, we'll just uh, walk out and uh, be walk away forever. We'll be nothing more than a bad memory. Mm-hmm. Just, just hang in with us for right now. And while this is happening, Dean is the one out looking to find this werewolf that turned Madison. Yeah, now the next uh, series here is a bunch of back and forths really quick. So we see a a lady walking home from her friend's house. She's in a white fluffy jacket and high heels. She's a lady of the night. (laughs) She hears a creepy voices. I don't make judgments on how women dress about what their proclivities and occupations might be. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) She hears creepy voices. In the apartment, Madison turns into a werewolf, breaks out of her Uh, handcuffs and attack sam back in the alley the lady is now being chased down by something back at madison sam uh does like a little two-step on madison as she charged him and uh trapped her in a closet and pushed a dresser in front of it to trap her inside back in the alley dean shoots the uh, attacker the that werewolf that was on top of that nice young lady walking home from her friend's house (laughs) <laughs> shoots the attacker. Her friend John. She's walking over her friend John's house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You will we'll put it like that. <laughs> just, it took me a half a second to get that joke. That was good. All right. So uh, Dean shoots. <laughs> Dean shoots the werewolf attacking this lady, and uh, the body rolls off, and it's the nosy neighbor uh, back from. Madison's place he slowly unturns and he utters like oh it happened again where am I what did I do Ah, (laughs) this world this horrible world what a world what a world (laughs) and but Dean though you see the look on his face of oh crap these werewolves don't remember shit They have no control and no memory. This is the kind of breed we're dealing with here. Yeah, because usually I think, uh, of course, this is the first time we've seen werewolves in Supernatural, but in the past, when I've seen shows with werewolves, 
they know they're werewolves and they know they turn on the full moon. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's a dirty secret that they keep to themselves, but they know it. I exactly. Mean, you'd at least wake up with tattered clothes and, some, <laughs> and a couple of hairballs more than once and put it together. Right now. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. Uh, seemingly at this same moment where all this happens, Madison unchanges in the closet. And so since she's all settled down, Sam lets her out of the closet. And when the light hits the inside, you can see that there's just scratches everywhere. So the look on Madison's face is, ah, oh, crap, I'm a werewolf with no memory. <laughs> yeah, she pretty much thinks, uh, yep, I am a werewolf. Look at this mess I made. Go to commercial. And we come back, and this very much feels like the end of the episode. Uh, how normally they do this last commercial and then the scene back. This fits the same thing. It's just like after the initial stinger, we normally see Sam and Dean. At the last commercial, it, we always come back to Sam and Dean. Like near the car, chatting in the car, walking to the car. And then here we are, it's Sam and Dean sitting in the car discussing... Well, what the neighbor, you know, obviously mugged her and turned her. Why didn't he eat her? And they figured it had something to do with breeding, um, which really doesn't make too much sense since they have no memory. I mean, they're just going to breed a bunch of really dumb werewolves, I guess. I don't know well, what. Dean made that equation, but he said that it was obvious that her neighbor had feelings for her. And probably when he turned to a werewolf, it kind of that protectiveness and feelings for her carried over which is why he just bit her and did not kill her yeah gotcha okay so some of the humanity breaks through well then i mean that's why the targets are who the targets are probably you know what well, murdered the bo her boss that creeped on her well he knows that he creeped on her she probably told him about it the next day when they were in the apartment together the boss what huh Maddie's boss was eaten by a werewolf, right? Right. Oh, Maddie ate him. Yes. Not the neighbor. Yes. Okay. I'm dumb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Yes, <laughs> now I get the episode right in my head. Whoops. We've only been talking about it for the last four hours. <laughs> Uh, we see then Madison walks up to the car and knocks on the windows like, hey guys, you're a bad stakeout. Dean explains nicely that, hey, we're, you know, it looks like you're cured, but we're not 100% sure. So we're just going to hang out here if you don't mind. And she's like, well, if we're going to, you know, might as well come on up and hang out since you guys helped me out. Get upstairs and Madison sort of apologizes for the antics and being a pain <laughs> in the butt. I mean, she did eat a guy, I guess. Uh, asks how long is it going to be until they just prove once and for all that she's not going to turn into a vampire. And Dean says, uh, we'll wait until sunup to make sure. Well, I don't know if she's going to turn into a vampire, but I was afraid oh, she's going to turn into a werewolf. Werewolf. <laughs> you know, I always laugh at people on podcasts when they say the complete wrong word and just keep going. I do that all the time. You are constantly mixing up sam and dean's names and monster names and monster seemingly. names yes well sam and madison make eyes at each other because they're like oh we get to hang out all night uh it looks like the middle of the night sam and madison they're on the couch talking they're probably holding hands or doing something goofy 
playing footsie on the couch. <laughs> Dean's sitting at the table just playing with his handgun. And nothing really happens. Uh, sun comes up. Madison thanks Sam and Dean for fixing her. Dean heads back to the hotel, leaving them behind. Sam and Madison chit-chat about uh, being mean to each other previously because she scratched his face up. and uh, We, of course, know that he ch- uh, didn't chain her, but handcuffed her to a chair. So, yeah, he yeah. felt bad about that. Yeah. Duh. Chaired her when she didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and then they discuss, like, oh, if only we could go back to how things were. We could never, you know, just go back to how we first met. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, well, when you first met, you thought he was a cop. What are you talking about? But as you brought up, though, he's she's obviously flirting with him at first sight by throwing underwear in his face. Exactly. So, so I guess that would be a good point in time to go <laughs> back to. He could have probably just spent that day having sex with her, seemingly. Probably could have, yes. But that's not the kind of guy Sam is. Well, they realize that they've been missing out on all this hot werewolf sex. <laughs> and uh, they leap on each other like two minks in heat. It's disgusting. They roll around, and this turns into the world's longest music video sex scene in all of CW history, probably. Well, I don't know about that, but it was quite a long time, yes. It's uncomfortably long. If I saw that with my mother, I'd have, gotten, I'd have left the room. I agree. I, I would have been very uncomfortable watching it with my mother as well. <laughs> so, more uncomfortable watching it with my mother than I would have felt watching it with your mother. You'd feel more uncomfortable with my mother or your mother? My mother. Oh, yeah. Well, my mom's a lot older than your mom, so, yeah. Yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that even near your, any, either of your parents. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, the next morning, we see uh, Sam like waking up, opening his eyes to the new dawn after a bunch of blissful sex from the day before and then sleeping all night. Well, no. Remember, it was morning when Dean left. They were doing it all day, or doing it in the morning. Therefore, Sam and Maddie slept all day. They slept all afternoon. Right, right, right. Because when he wakes up, it's nighttime. Yes. Okay. I, it, it's evening then. Evening. Not, not morning. Okay. Yes, yes. Why My notes. I should have corrected that the last time we went through this. I think I stumbled there. Yes, you should have. Well, he cracks his eyes open, and there's Madison Werewolf ah. <laughs> again, and she just, like, hisses and leaps out the window. Sam uh, then goes running back to the hotel, pounds on the door, tells Dean, Holy crap, we didn't fix her. She's still a werewolf. I called Bobby. We got to go. We got to figure out something to do. They start fighting over what to do yet again. Try and save her. Uh, Just kill her. Well, Madison calls Sam, and she's in a phone booth with, like, a huge flannel shirt on. Because I think she leaped out of the window naked or just with underwear on. Yeah, something like that. She definitely didn't have her clothes on. And uh, so she's got, yeah, this huge flannel. Calls Sam's cell phone from a payphone. She doesn't remember she's a werewolf, but somehow she's already memorized Sam's cell phone number. Priorities, dude. Priorities. Because you know that number is unlisted. I mean, I doubt if they, I doubt if 
they have a website that, to get a hold of them on. Not only unlisted, but under a completely different... It's not under Sam Winchester. Yeah, and probably a bunch of phones. They probably cycle phones in and out all the time. Burner phones. This is ridiculous. He probably doesn't even know his own phone number. <laughs> all right, well... <laughs> She calls and is like, oh, it happened again. God damn it. I'm sorry. Well, back at her apartment, uh, says she doesn't remember. Madison wants to know, is there anything else you can do to help me? I've, I've got to kick this habit of turning into a werewolf every <laughs> night. And Dean's like, no, nope. we looked every place. No cure. And then the whole episode just turns dour. Just very sad and somber uh it's off it feels it's this is the end of old yeller i'll just set it up right there set up the scene because everyone knows what has to happen here uh madison asks sam to shoot her she says she can't live like this anymore sam's just like man i can't uh i really don't want to uh the queen's right song silent lucidity starts playing <laughs> tears start flowing everywhere uh because it's like sam and dean are putting down a family pet dean offers to take care of it but then sam says no it'll be me that's what she asked for and then just kind of camera pans back and you hear a gunshot you hear a gunshot super sad super oh. sad and you see dean kind of standing there stoically but he's got one tear down his cheek kind of like at john's hunter funeral because that's dean he's got the one man tear <laughs> yeah but sam is a wall of tears yes. he's definitely the heart of the operation yeah he's the heart and the brains uh dean's pretty much the brawn so that's the episode i mean i enjoyed it I mean, it's strong, super sad emotion is just as good as scary emotion, I guess, if you're going to get something out of, some thrill out of a show. Yes, it is, and it kind of shows that underneath it all, even though with a crappy job that they have, Sam and Dean are human. They have feelings. They both felt really bad for having to, to kill Madison, um, but it was something, it was a lesser of two evils. I kind of wonder if maybe that's what leads to Dean's shoot first, ask questions later philosophy, or maybe even more shoot first and move on philosophy, is just because he's been doing it for so much longer and he just knows if you get emotionally connected with these people that, you know, they have this stuff happening to them, you know, your heart gets involved and you get hurt even worse. You're right, because Sam did step away from it while he was in college, and while that time, Dean was with John, and they were hunting. So, yeah, in that respect, Dean does have more experience with it. Possibly maybe in the past had gotten hurt himself and just thinks, yeah, we got a job to do, we do it, and then we blow town. Well, and Dean started young, too. How old was he? Well, pretty much after Mary died. Um, Dean was only four, um, but all while... They did have an episode where they kind of had a flashback to when Sam and Dean were young. They have a few more episodes like that. So even when they were very young, they weren't out hunting with John, but they were behind in hotels while he was out on the hunt. Yeah, so, I mean, he's just growing up realizing this is a pretty heartless job. Don't get involved. Exactly. I think that's, what bring, I think that's why they, they have that two characters. That's why they're two different characters. 
That does make sense. One's a cold, hardened warrior, and the <laughs> other one's just this, just this soft head out of college. <laughs> Little powder puff out of college. <laughs> uh, anything else, Anything about this? Do you dig werewolves? Do you like the whole werewolf lore? Do you watch a lot of werewolf movies? Oh, my. Well, not so much werewolf movies, but werewolf shows. I mean, I watched uh, Vampire Diaries. That has werewolves. The originals. Werewolves. Hemlock Grove. Werewolves. Uh... Trying to think what else I watch that has werewolves. Lots of stuff. I mean, yeah. What is it about it that you like? I, that's a good question. I don't really know. It's just, to me, it's the whole thing that, as you and I both know, they don't really exist. So it's kind of something that you can watch and realize, ha, 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 I don't really have to worry about this hurting me. I don't know if that's it or not, but. Hmm. Odd. I mean, they aren't, werewolves aren't. They're the more broad. It's always werewolves versus vampires, right? Isn't that the big war on forever? Yeah, it is. And I didn't realize that so much until the the movie. The, uh, was it Underground? Under. I thought in Blade they did that. Well, Blade, uh, Twilight. Um, like uh, all of them. Yes. Yes. Uh, even uh, what they do in the shadows. Yes. There was werewolves in that. <laughs> Because werewolves are seen as kind of the dirty brutes, the dumb, dirty brutes, where vampires are the um, metrosexual monsters. They're the upper class, whereas uh, the werewolves are kind of like the working it's class. class warfare. It is class warfare. That's what it symbolizes. You're right. Vampires are more the lord and ladies of the manor, whereas the werewolves are kind of like the peasants who work on the manor land. <laughs> you know, something like that. But it is very a class warfare. Interesting. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, that was Bar Barney. No, his name is not Barney. It's Buddy. Buddy barking at Nala. Don't do that, Buddy. You scared me. You scared Nala, too. She's got her poor back up. Poor baby. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not it. I'll watch a werewolf movie, but I don't seek out like new series and stuff like you do. I'm more of a space and weirdo type of guy than a monster type of guy. Well, I'm into sci-fi too. Um, I like sci-fi stuff. I like uh, the horror fantasy stuff. As I like to say, I like stabby things and shooty things in movies and shows. I'm gotta convince you one of these days to get into graphic novels no. and stuff like that i don't know how you're not into it the stories are amazing wild fanciful they you know it's like a book you like reading books yes i you do. draw the picture in your head of what's happening and whatever your imagination can conjure up is what it is well, graphic novels are the same way but then they like push you along the way to look at a specific vision in your head I like the movie 300. That was based on a graphic novel. <laughs> All right. That had a lot of stabby things in it, too. Um, Watchmen. Did you like Watchmen? Uh, we still got to watch the TV show. People go ape for that show. We started watching it, and it was super slow. And as we know, HBO series, the first episode's always tedious. I have a hard time sometimes getting into new shows lately. Just, you don't have the attention span for the first two hours to get all the backstory before you get into the meat of it? Well, the truth is I'm trying, because of the fact that this is the final season of Supernatural after 15 years, and you get so involved with the characters after that many years, 
I'm trying to find a show where I can get as involved with the characters, and I have yet to find that show. Well, everything. Well, you slowly trickled this into your life over years before binge watching now became a thing. This is true. I watched every episode from the beginning. Yeah, so now that binge watching is a thing, even if a new show popped up that had four seasons, you would blow through it and not feel as connected as you could possibly feel watching four years, four seasons over four years. That's true. Although I did, I watched Penny Dreadful and that was four seasons, I think. I really, really love that show. Wish it hadn't ended so soon, but it did. Because I did get involved with the characters. Um, but yeah, like I said, I watched all the seasons of Hemlock Row. Oh, I didn't really get into it. I mean, the characters. What's that about again? Um, it's about Oopiers, which are daywalker vampires, and werewolves. Oh. And kind of. Well, this one, the werewolf, the werewolf and the Oopier were friends. I don't know why I even asked that question since you just listed all the vampire werewolf shows you watch. What's it about? Oh, werewolves and vampires. Oh, doy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like those questions back in school on a test where the one would answer the other and then the other would answer the first one. You just had to be smart enough to pick them out. Um, Okay, I don't think I have much other than that for this episode. No, we're going to go over the body count. We have five in this episode. Five in this episode, and then we will try to remember to start paying attention to the day-night count. Uh, is there a, there's like a supernaturalpedia that you get the body count from, right? Well, I'll just get it off of the trivia part of IMDb. Ooh, you know what would be fun is if we start paying attention to the day-night count... Can we submit to IMDb trivia? Yeah. Oh, baby, that's how we make our name. <laughs> We're going to be famous. Nobody else would be stupid enough to pay attention to how many days <laughs> the course of an episode takes. But we'll do it. And then someone will discover and go, look at these idiots. <laughs> and then it'll get posted on Reddit. Boom. Finally. Joe Rogan money rolls in. Ooh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Just wonderful. I can't wait. All right, maybe Joey Diaz money rolls in. Yeah, either way, it's better than what we have right now. <laughs> oh, I was going to name another Joe that I know with a podcast. <laughs> they make fun of him as making less money, but I don't know what they make, and I love that guy. So I'm not going to pick on him. Go listen to afreepodcast.com. They're a good show. Um... Other than that, yeah. Body count? Five. Five. What's the name of the next episode? The next episode is called Hollywood Babylon. Starring Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman, right? No. Oh, it's a different Hollywood Babylon? Yes, it is. Totally different. I don't even know if that podcast is still around. I haven't listened to it in forever. I don't know. I don't know. Kevin Smith lost weight and got grumpy or something. Not as funny. Well, he's a vegan now, and I, yeah. I think they kind of have a sour demeanor. Affected his personality in some yeah. manner, shape, or form. Eat a fucking donut, dude. Be happy. With lots of animal fat in it. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but. Oh, yeah. It's that crazy daughter of his, Harley Quinn, that turned him vegan and turned him salty and just pretty much ruined his life. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're still fine. All right. 
that's about it from us. Remember, you can visit us and see all or hear all of our episodes at coupleofidgets.com. We also have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Swing on over and say hi. You can find us streaming on all the popular streaming platforms, so look for us. Till next time, goodbye. Bye.